Welcome. You are listening to a broadcast by Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partner for smart and powerful generosity. And here is your host, Reverend Philip Leo, Director of Church Communications. Good morning. Welcome to our time on Facebook Live today. So glad uh, to share this time with you. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Discipleship You, Spiritual Disciplines for a New Generation. I'm joined by Reverend Paul Ryan. He's the worship pastor at Calvin University. Good morning, Paul. Uh, welcome to you. Thank you. Good morning. So good to have you here. I want to just mention to folks uh, joining with us, Feel free as, as uh, Paul and I talk, if you have uh, things to add, comments or, or questions uh, you'd like to ask Paul, uh, please feel free to do that. I'll check the feed in a little bit and uh, we can interact a little bit. Uh, I mentioned Paul is a worship pastor at Calvin University and uh, he is most decidedly not on campus right now. He is... Uh, coming to us from his home, uh, as uh, many people are working from home these days because of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about that in the course of our conversation, Paul, as far as um, the challenges, of course, that that poses uh, for everyone, but, but also for uh, university students as well. Um, I was thinking uh, about our time together this morning, Paul, and I was thinking about what a cool job you have. You get to work with students. You get to uh, live uh, in community uh, around worship and discipleship. You get to be about the work of spiritual formation. And uh, you get to do that uh, as your day job, and not, not just a weekend kind of a thing. And uh, I think that must be pretty cool. It is. It is. It's really a joy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so we want to talk about uh, spiritual disciplines. I reached out to Paul, uh, asked uh, if uh, he and his staff, his team, were doing anything at Calvin University around spiritual disciplines. The reason that uh, we're always interested in spiritual disciplines at Barnabas Foundation is because we recognize that growing in the ways of generosity um, is part of spiritual, is part of discipleship. Uh, we're, we're, very, we're very plain, we're very clear about that. And so we're interested in the habits of spiritual disciplines as a way to sort of fan into flame uh, hearts of generosity. So that's what, um, that's what I'm looking at uh, from my end. Uh, Paul uh, has, of course, uh, from his end, come at this in his own work. So I want to I want to talk about uh, about this with you, Paul. And let's begin with a, a sort of an obvious place in terms of challenges. It's uh, 2020, uh, university students, a university context, and we're talking about spiritual disciplines here. We're talking about. Um, uh, shaping, molding, forming students as followers of Jesus Christ. And in your context, there are unique challenges. So let's talk about that uh, to start with. Sure. Yeah. Um, the primary challenge that we often face is the, the challenge of 
student busyness. And, and that's not necessarily unique to just university students. We all experience busyness and trying to fit in the spiritual disciplines in our lives. But I think that the university, university students are at a unique uh, point in their life when they have a, a great amount of, of performance anxiety and a desire to, um, to, to, to do the best that they possibly can at everything. Um, especially if they've come in from uh, high school where they are involved in, in cross country and they are in choir and they are great in math and in chemistry and, and they, they love to read. And, and then they get, into, they get into college and then the level of, of competence and ability just goes up. And, and so they feel this sort of peer pressure to, to, to do all the things. Um, that they did one there in high school, but then they also see their peers who are probably excelling a little bit better than they are and what they were really good at when they're in high school. And so then they feel this added pressure to do even better. And so maybe they were good in math in high school, but now, you know, I, okay, I, I love math. I should, I should study math, but, but I also love chemistry. I, I, should, I should study chemistry. And so maybe I should think about being a double major in math and chemistry instead of choosing one of them. And maybe I should continue running cross country and I should be in the top performing choir and and there's all these things that they're wanting to take on and when they're in at, at college I think their um, their op, their options even become more and more expanded with things and they see the gifts and talents that other people have and they see someone's a great pianist or a guitar player well they act so well and they think well if I could just put a little more time in that I could I could get as good at that um, and so they put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform but then they also have just the anxiety of, I need to perform so that um, I can get a job after I graduate, or I could get into that graduate program, or I could get that internship. And they the sort of resume building performance that they have this anxiety about. And they, they carry it with them all four years. And, you know, you know, Phil, you and I, I mean, no one comes up to and asks us, to, so, so what are you going to be doing four years from now? You know, we never have to ask, you know, no one asks us that question, you know, and, but students are, when they're a freshman, they're asked right away, what are you going to be doing with your life? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing next week. Right. So they have all these questions. And so they, they just feel this anxiety that they have to perform, they have to prepare, they have to be ready. Um, and so that's, that's uh, one aspect of the, the, the busyness that's there. But then another thing related to busyness is, is actually it's, it's, Sounds kind of paradoxical, but it's a kind of, of laziness. It's um, it's, it's uh, spending time on their on their screens. Um, it's it's entertainment. It's whenever there's a down moment, they're checking their their social media feeds, their Snapchat. They're 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 constantly online. And uh, you know, studies are saying that among teenagers, uh, the average is around six hours a day that teenagers are on their screens. And so, if we would even cut that in half. You know, on the college level, which uh, you know is, is pretty arguable, I, that you know you're talking three hours a day that they're on their screens, and so whenever there's a a, a dull moment uh, in their lives, they're they're on their screens, they're looking at at something, and and uh, um, that that takes time, and so the time that they might have spent in that that quiet moment when they're they're waiting for their next class to happen, or a quiet moment, um, you know, when they're walking to class. And they could be, you know, 
practicing the spiritual discipline of wonder um, or, or praying, it's just not even on their mind because they're busy thinking about, you know, I need to, I need to catch up. I need to know what's happening. I need to be engaged and, and, um, and entertained. So those are, that, that sense of busyness really gets in the way of their, their spiritual discipline practices. So I have this, so there's this image forming in my mind and, uh, and it's you, Paul, you're, you're at the foot of Mount Everest. <laughs> you're, you're looking up at this massive mountain and you're thinking, how do we even begin? <laughs> uh, uh, because that's a little bit of the feel that I have. It's like, uh, this is a huge challenge because uh, what spiritual disciplines try to do anyways is they try to bring some, some shape, some order. They try to carve out uh, spaces and places uh, for uh, peace and calm, for listening, for praying, uh, uh, for, for community, all these sorts of things. And... Um, and you have this, this huge task of, uh, first of all, um, I, I want to just want to recognize you walk with Jesus, and so it's all in Jesus' hands, so I'm totally not right. going to put it all on you. <laughs> I'm not trying to increase your level of anxiety, Paul, believe me, I'm not trying to do that, even though I just did. Um, so, let's, so how, uh, in, your, in your own setting, how have you, your staff, those that work with you, have you guys tried to uh, work at creating spiritual disciplines in community? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think a, a key aspect of this is teaching students to practice the spiritual disciplines in community first, uh, giving them an opportunity to, uh, to, to gather in small groups, to, um, to read God's word and to dwell on it, um, to, to pray together, to begin to cultivate some of those habits in community. Because when you're face to face with someone and you tell everyone to put their phones away, you know, then you, you have this, this time where they can focus and they can um, practice these disciplines. Um, so that's, that's one effort. We actually have student leaders all throughout the residence halls that help to um, uh, encourage students in those practices and, and they host Bible studies and prayer groups and so forth. Um, another thing we do on campus is we actually have daily, uh, daily chapel services. And these are just 20 minute worship services and they're, they're voluntary services uh, from 10 to 1020, uh, Monday through Friday. And um, we have a variety of, of worship practices throughout the, the week for students. It might be uh, worship through singing. It might be worship through um, hearing testimonies, worship through listening uh, to God's word. Um, and, and one day that we've set aside actually is on, on Thursdays. We have a chapel called Be Still, uh, where we're intentionally being countercultural and want to work on these uh, contemplative, reflective, meditative practices with students to do that in community. And we'll, we'll focus on um, two or three different practices 
in a semester, and then we'll um, practice those disciplines for a course of, of three three weeks in a row or three or four weeks in a row. Because oftentimes, especially a contemplative practice for uh, for a student, maybe even for for many of us, the first time you experience it, you think, well, that that's kind of strange. That's weird. You know, I, I'm used to bright lights and amplification and loud singing and and those kinds of things is what right. you do when you're in a group, big group of people. And right. so it takes them some time to like. What, what's happening here in this space. And so we try to set it aside as a really sacred space. The lighting is different in the chapel. We set up these little electronic candles all over the, all over the space and um, uh, try to create an atmosphere of quiet and calm. Um, the, if we have some music, the instrumentation is just maybe a, a singer with an acoustic guitar or a piano. And uh, one of the practices that we do together is uh, the practice of Lexio Divina. And we'll choose a practice or choose a passage. We'll put that passage on a on a small index card, um, and then we'll just guide them through the practice of Lectio Divina, beginning first with just breathing, centering ourselves, being fully present um, in the space in the room, um, and then uh, we have we'll have two people uh, who will read the passage. One person will read. We invite a, a time of silence. Another person will read the same passage. We invite a longer period of meditation and reflection. Um, then the, the first person would read that passage again and then invite people to share aloud in community a word or a phrase that, that people are, or that, that they're hearing God speak to them out of that uh, scripture passage. Um, and then uh, uh, we'll have a reading of it a fourth time and just allow time for silence and allow people to pray, uh, pray to themselves during that time. And, um, you know, it's just that it becomes such a, a holy place for those those 20 minutes that, you know, so many people, especially even faculty and staff who come will say, oh, I needed that. I needed that this morning. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one practice we do, uh, Lexio Divina. We will uh, worship in the style of Taze, uh, which is a community in the south of France and a contemplative community. And um, they have practices around uh, prayer and Bible reading and, and singing. And uh, the singing that we do is a part of this uh, community, uh, this tradition is um, there's short refrains, very sh like maybe two lines, um, and then it's repeated uh, again and again. So we might even repeat it 10, 11, 12 times. And, and uh, you know, for, <laughs> for those of us who, who like, you know, nice dense hymns, we think, well, I've, I've said it, I'm done. Right. Um, so, but it, it's allow <laughs> it, it allows you to begin to pray beyond the yeah. words and add your own prayers. And those have lots of periods of silence as, as well in those chapels. So um, that, that time has been a really great place for us to, to practice some different uh, communal disciplines together. You know, I, uh, what, what strikes me and, and my own experience in this too, it's like when it comes to um, the ways, uh, when it comes to spiritual formation and, and growing, growing as disciples, as followers of Jesus, uh, those two words in community are so essential. It's, I mean, it's why, you know, God's people gather from week to week, you know, on, on the Lord's day. Um, but it's also why uh, we come around scripture, why we pray. And, and often in, in our own personal lives, and, and this is part of it, we're trying to grow in our, in our habits, uh, of scripture and silence and and re and in prayer uh but uh my own experience is that the greatest gains 
are often uh, found and experienced in community. And mm -hmm. that often in community, uh, those experiences feed into and nurture uh, your, own, your own personal uh, devotional practices or spiritual disciplines. Right, um, right. What's sort, of, what's sort of striking, or what I'm thinking about now is sort of like, uh, the church and and in your context, Paul is we can't be together. You know, right. we can't be in community yeah. right now. So, you know, and I know that's not really the topic here, but I, it is sort of just striking <laughs> me. Like, what are the challenges now for spiritual right. community and and for for yeah. nurturing that spiritual community when we can't meet? Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question that we are, as a campus ministries, you know, wrestling with and trying to discern the, the right platforms to do this with and not wanting to inundate students with three or four different kinds of platforms that right. they have to keep track of and, right. and so forth. And, and, uh, but I'll tell you, I've had some meetings with my, with my students, um, both one-on-one and um, as a group, and uh, they're just so delighted to be together, even if it's um, over, over video and you can just see their smiles and their, their, their joys and being together. And uh, certainly over that format, you know, we can, we can pray together. Um, we, we tried to sing together, but I'll tell you, it was really horrible. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> I think if a group of, of worship leaders can't sing together over video chat, I wouldn't want to recommend that to average folks. You know, if if, uh, if somebody has a suggestion for a song that uh, you'd like Paul and I to try to sing together, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe th I, that's asking too much of Paul, but uh, yeah, I right. like the game. I might, I might. Yeah. Um, and and I am serious. If you have comments, or, or uh, actually, in terms of if you have ideas on how your faith communities are connecting uh, through prayer and um, uh, scripture reading, silence, and song. Uh, type them in here and or ask questions, and I'll and I'll take a look. So uh, I said at the at the start, Paul, that uh, from our perspective, our work here at Barnabas Foundation, we recognize that that growing uh, generous uh, generosity or generous givers um, is part of discipleship. It, it's part and parcel with discipleship that. Uh, that it's one of the it's one of the key spiritual habits that that must be developed, and mm -hmm. um, and I was so delighted when we were first talking, Paul, that uh, when when I raised this, uh, you were able to reflect and say, yeah, that's been a part of our experience too. We have we have ways in our context that we uh, try to promote uh, learning the habits of of giving and sharing. Um, so I would just love to hear about that again and, and for you to share with those who are joining us. Sure, sure. Um, as a part of our weekly rhythm of worship, we have a Sunday evening service for students. And this is a, a full service uh, with a the sermon. We'll celebrate the Lord's Supper. Um, and we also uh, take an offering. Um, and uh, we, we take an offering for the community care fund. And say this is uh, students giving to students. And uh, there are students in our community who may have a, a financial need to travel home for a funeral or they need a, a emergency dental work, um, all, all manner of needs that students have. And, and so they can um, 
they can access these these funds through our our student life division and so we wanted to uh, invite our, our students to uh, to give to this on a weekly basis um, and so we we encourage them to um, to, to, to give as they're able so um, so if it's a, a dollar or if it's five dollars if it's a quarter um, if it's a Canadian five dollar which we sometimes <laughs> get you know throw, throw it in throw it into the basket um, and and uh, and then we also have we set up the last couple of years we've set up online giving through Venmo and uh, so we'll have a slide up on the screen and and uh, we've actually seen when we first started doing that the giving was um, was still mostly up from the basket and then um, all of last year was pretty much 50 50 and now I'm saying we're getting closer to sort of 70 30 students are given through Venmo more than they are uh, through the baskets. Um, and we've raised this year so far, just on our Sunday evening services, uh, we've raised over $9,000 from students for the community care fund. And uh, we, we talk about it in the sense of, we just want you to practice the muscle of giving. And you might not feel like this is a lot, and you might say to yourself, well, when I'm out of college, I'll have more money and I'll give, and that's just not the case. Um, it seems to be there's more demands on on your expenses once you're uh, in a career and have a family and so forth. And so, just now, like thinking about you know giving you know 10% of your you know $100 on campus job, you know that's you know $10. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you just continue to practice that muscle of giving and it becomes habitual. And then after you're out of college, then you just had that practice and work it in. And, and uh, so it's really been a tremendous blessing to our community. That is so cool. We, uh, um, and, and what I was thinking was that uh, um, that story needs to be told in terms of that kind of generosity, you know, sort of the, the stereotype of the of the poor college student, and, I, and I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. It does, but for that kind of generosity to come from a community like that is a what a tremendous testimony to um, the love of Christ and to the ways that students are trying to live out uh, live out their faith and uh, live out in Christian community. Uh, we always say that. Um, that when we learn to when we learn to do this, um, the that release um, leads to a greater release in our own hearts uh, of devotion and obedience and and reverence for for Christ. And um, uh, what what an important muscle to exercise. Uh, and so so cool. I I, um, I hope that some way. I can be part of telling that story some more, or that I could uh, be connecting with you, Paul, more on that, so that I could uh, hear more about that and share more about that, because I think that's just really, really cool. Um, so uh, I mentioned COVID-19, recognizing that you know, uh, for university university students, it, it's a it, this time is a is a tumble because now all their classes are online and. Uh, yeah. seniors who are graduating and all the, all those kinds of things what um, what spiritual disciplines give us is it gives us uh, they give us the the habits uh, by which we can lean on when um, when life gets shaky right yeah. 
and yeah. um, and I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about the students that are dipping their toes into, or maybe they're they're up to their eyeballs in in learning to practice uh, spiritual disciplines and learning to practice generosity. And I'm wondering, Paul, how do you imagine how do you imagine that serves them? Not, I mean, certainly upon their graduation, but but going forward uh, into their their careers and communities where they live, uh, do you have a do you kind of have a picture of what that would look like for them? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, our hope is that the the kinds of spiritual disciplines that they cultivate through their um, through their university years will be the the spiritual practices that they carry with them the rest of their life. Um, you know, anecdotally, I can think about how a a mentor of mine uh, taught me about scripture memorization when I was uh, in university and um, started just memorizing one verse of scripture a week and uh, kept a note card and made a little stack and and uh, and that practice continues you know 20 years after I've I've graduated from from college and uh, that just stayed with me and and um, and so as as students are, are practicing these different disciplines and practicing these habits. Um, then they they can be with them in different contexts, no matter where they are. They things to fall back on, yeah. and so one of the things we we try to do is we try to introduce the students to as many different disciplines as possible. Uh, one of my colleagues actually introduces his students to uh, uh, to baking bread as a spiritual discipline. And at each stage of baking break uh, baking the bread, you have a different scripture passage to meditate on and a different wow. prayer to offer. And wow. his students go off and they'll say, you know, Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt, we're still baking bread. We're still baking bread. And 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 they that that goes on into the rest of their lives. Um, also, you know, I I imagine that if if in these years students can learn to quiet their hearts and their minds, to be attentive. Uh, to what God is doing around them and, and inside them, learning to, to listen, um, then they're going to take that with them into their, into their days as, as well as, um, as really the, the stressing increases and the responsibilities grow that they'll, they'll remember, oh, I remember those times when it was so important and I learned to, to just be quiet before the Lord and receive prayer, not as necessarily as a, as a doing, but as a receiving right. of more of an opportunity to listen than to, to, to ask or request yeah. or demand and so forth. Yeah. And so those kinds of practices, I, I really hope will, will go with them. Paul, that is so cool. Um, let's, let's stay in touch. I want yeah. so there is a there is a comment on here and that it uh, it's related to singing a song. It's from it's from my boss Heather. So we'll we'll okay. have to take that into. Uh, but here's what it says. It says please sing something from '90s contemporary Christian music. Carmen, Jeff Moore, and the Distance, Petra, and or DC Talk. All of these are acceptable options. Um, <laughs> All of these I know none of. <laughs> so no. That's great. It's my answer, no. Uh, Paul, I'm so appreciative of your time. I, I don't see any. I see Tim Howard has said hey, uh, hey to Tim Howard. Uh, and now Tim just said, or just an old hymn. Uh, go. For it. <laughs> uh, I'm not, and now I'm sorry that I said anything at all. About 
<laughs> so, uh, Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for working with me on this. Uh, again, let's stay in touch. And yeah. um, thanks to, for folks that joined us. Hope this was useful. And uh, we'll put it out on, uh, we'll put this out on a podcast. We'll put it out uh, in video format and put it on YouTube as well. Uh, feel free to, to reach out to me if you have ideas uh, about how we're growing uh, spiritual disciplines, especially these days when we can't meet uh, the way we'd like to. Thanks, uh, everyone. God bless and uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening. This audio has been brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn how we can help you experience smart and powerful generosity. Visit us today at www.barnabasfoundation.com.